Welcome, adventurers and knowledge seekers. We are your guides, Goose and Ash. Hello. Take a map and a torch, but whatever you do, please do not feed the gelatinous cube as we enter the, the Crypt, Crypt of, of Knowledge. knowledge. Welcome back to tonight's episode of Crypt of Knowledge. We will be discussing two different virtual tabletops and kind of comparing and contrasting them as options. There are many others out there. Um, these are just the two we're going to be talking about tonight. First is Roll20, and the second is Astral VTT. So, Goose, how are you doing tonight? I am actually pretty wonderful. Uh, how about you? Good. Yeah, doing good. Excited to talk about these. I, I played around in them um, today and just to refresh my memory so if i'm a, you know excited to dig in sure yeah i have used i don't have enough fingers to count how many different <laughs> virtual tabletops out there um because new one comes out and i'm like ooh, it's got to be better than the last and <laughs> that's often not true but uh some of them are really good and they have their own uses for sure especially if you're looking for something free or various other things like that so um yeah it, how many let's see we we use roll 20 and that's why we're mm -hmm. starting with this one we have used roll 20 almost almost exclusively have you used any others at all, other than just trying them out? Uh, no. Anything that we've used, it's it's anything that you've told us to log into and use. Um, so, but roll and roll roll, roll twenty is the only one that I have used to DM with. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. yeah we, have, <laughs> we have recently switched and tried out a new one, which we will be reviewing later too, called One More Multiverse. Um, it's really cool. It's really cute. It's really fun. Um, but it's a different niche almost, you know, yes. it, it is, it is not like most tabletops, but we'll talk about it later. But, uh, roll 20, uh, just to kind of preface <clears throat> myself and almost shame myself into this <laughs> since 2016, I have used roll 20 for 4,137 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to break it down and be like, that's this many, you know, years. No, I'm not going to because it will make myself feel even worse. <laughs> but I have been locked into Roll20 a lot. I think that's great. I mean, it just, you've made uh, great use of the, the tools available. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to look up mine. It always says on mine won't be uh, nearly as much, but I'm trying to see how many hours yes. I've, I've spent. See, when you're just playing, it's one thing because you're only because it counts hours logged in, right? So when you're when you're just playing, it's usually mm -hmm. a smaller amount because you're just logged in for the game. But a DM, on the other hand, is logged in for all the prep. So you're putting maps in, you're building any right. kind of compendiums. So you've got all this stuff, world building. So yeah, it tends to rack up the hours quite quickly. <laughs> Four four hundred and seventy four. That's not bad, and we've no, been playing for decent. almost four years, so that's not bad at all. About 100 hours a year spent in World 20, so yeah. <laughs> what else could you be doing with your time? It's Weird feather in the cap. I feel oddly proud. I don't know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, definitely, um, it's definitely still a growing industry, the virtual tabletop. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you that don't know, Ashley, what is... A virtual tabletop. So when you're playing D&D, uh, generally you have some kind of representation in front of you of what's going on. Um, it, some people play by what's called theater of the mind, which literally means the DM describes it and everyone's just imagining it. But a lot of people like 
more visuals than that. So you'll have a map in front of you on your table um, with you know spacing squares so you can understand distances. You'll often have little players. Some people use whiteboards. Some people use the back of wrapping paper <laughs> because there's those pre-drawn grid lines. It's Done great. It before. Yeah. Um, a lot of people use you know just like that mass grid paper and draw it out. So too. virtual tabletops are just a virtual version of that. It takes the gaming tabletop um, and puts it onto a screen. And so there's, it's very exciting because there's so much you can do with that. And I've seen some truly incredible uh, innovation, people taking virtual tabletops and, and putting TVs into their tables and um, can, you know, have setting them up that way. I mean, it's just, just incredible. So that's what a VTT virtual tabletop is. Yeah, that's exactly right. It And it obviously has grown as the digital age has come along. Um, you know, I think 2014 or 15 is when a lot of the bigger ones kind of started coming through. Um, again, there were a lot of them that stayed in beta for a while. Um, but with the digital age, and then obviously it got pushed further when COVID hit and everyone gets locked in your house and there's nothing to do. So everybody mm -hmm. jumps online. And there, I, th I think before COVID, there were probably four or five different virtual tabletops that were out there that really were worth use. Uh, now there's probably 15 to 20 that are mm -hmm. out there that are feasible. There are some pros and cons to all of them, but it has just exploded onto the scene with, with a lot of different options, um, a lot of different people uh, putting in some unique different type of features to them as well. Yeah, I feel like each one has something that they do really, really well. And then yeah. the other features tend to maybe lack a, a little bit in, in that aspect. Um, so they each have something different that they do really, really well. It's if, if only we could, like, Frankenstein them together. All their <laughs> right. best parts. Right. Um, um, and, and they give a lot of these credit. Um, you know, Fantasy Grounds is another one that's been out a very long time that have a lot of users. Roll20 is the other big one that really kind of came out about the same time. And they've, for for years, it was, everybody debated, which one are you using? Are you using Roll20 or are you using Fantasy Grounds? Do you want a free one or are you paying for one? That was really <laughs> your choice for a long time. Um, but again, like I said, it's expanded to the point now of almost being a, a detriment. Uh, you mm. get a lot of these coming out, and unfortunately, Astral Falls in this category that just can't sustain what they're doing. They're not growing fast enough to continue to make enough money to support themselves. So you you wind up a lot of them nowadays are on the scene for a year or two, and then are closed down. You know they can't mm -hmm. they they just can't handle uh, either they didn't prepare to grow fast enough, and they can't handle the the back end part of it, the bandwidth, or they're just it's a small team and they can't keep up with innovations that are happening around them in other virtual tabletops. Mm, yeah. That's always the, the tricky thing of starting something new like that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And a lot of these are one or two people teams. So it's not like you've got 30 people behind the scenes writing code and up coming up with new things. And, and sometimes even these are coming out with, this is a hobby, you know, they have their own job and they're doing this in their spare time. So it can right. be difficult to keep up with the, the big boys on the play. But uh, I, I think, and we talked about this a little in our, in our last episode, the rumor that um, Wizards of the Coast, D&D Beyond portion of Wizards of the Coast, now that they own them, has had a virtual tabletop they've been working on. And almost when, if that ever comes to fruition, and it's good, it has the right mm -hmm. features, 
that's going to shut down a lot of these small ones, I think. I think especially for uh, people who are newer coming to the game or newer DMing the game, just the ease of use of having everything loaded into to D&D Beyond will, I think it'll be a natural step for them to use that. I, I don't think they have to worry too much, though, about losing people who are already used to or committed to a different platform just because some people, crazy people, have sunk hundreds of hours into <laughs> these platforms, learning the ins and outs, learning the hotkeys, all that kind of different stuff. And it's like, you know, it's hard to let go of what you know so well. It is. And, and if you look at statistics of users, and they, they put out a report every year, um, uh, especially Roll20 puts one out that tells you a breakdown of what types of games are being played, uh, how many hours are being played, and those type of things. Um, but when you look, there's another industry report that talks about all the major VTTs, not some of the smaller ones. But it, they use the term sticky a lot because when someone gets used to a system, they stick with it. It's, mm -hmm. it's hard to pull them away to something new unless it is – really good, really innovative, or something really new that fits what they're trying to do. Um, and again, we've used Roll20 almost exclusively for four years. So mm -hmm. there are many other options out there. And I've tried a lot of them, but we've stuck with that because we know it. Um, mm -hmm. It's simple to use. Uh, and it's, it's free. So, you know, you can't beat that. Or the way we play it is free. There are options, but uh, <laughs> the way we play it is free. So, yeah, I think the only thing for me when D&D... When Beyond comes out with one will be the fact that it's literally everything all in one box. You've got your books, you've got your VTT, you've got your sheets, you've got your encounters and, and your, uh, you know, your initiative control. You've got all of it in one centralized location. As long as they're not charging $50 a month, you know, if they roll it in what you're already paying, if you're a, a paid subscriber as a DM, which I am on D&D Beyond, if you're already paying and they just roll it into what you're already paying, it would be hard not to want to switch, I think. Yeah. And I mean, it would have to be a really, really poorly done yeah. for us to keep using. We already have multiple screens, multiple windows up all the time when we're playing online because we play exclusively online. Um, so it would be nice to not have to be like, oh, let me, let me pull my character sheet back up or, or let me go jump back over to that. Um, but it just, it also, I don't know. It just, just depends because, um, I play on a laptop, so I don't mm -hmm. have a lot of screen. Because when you when you have your character sheet, your map, your chat, mm -hmm. and everything else that is typically in a VTT, I my windows cover everything. Sure. So I got the map, but then I have to pull up my character sheet and look, and it, and it covers half the map. And then I also someone's in the chat, so that covers the other half of the map. So, you know, maybe people will stick to having to jump between different windows because then it uses their whole screen and we don't have yeah. you know big screens but yeah and and that's a valid point a screen you know the screen space is at a premium 100 percent um so you, you do have to take that into account but for from a dm side of it i i envision it really simple if i bought a module which we've talked about a little bit before in our episodes if you bought a module the maps, the tokens, everything's right in there. If I can just click a button and boom, it's all there. I don't have to yeah. go find a map or make a map or, or all the other stuff. Yeah. It's just the ease of use overcomes so many other factors that there possibly could be. It could be fairly mediocre in a lot of ways, but if it's that ease of use where I click a button and, and my maps are done and then my prep time is cut in half, yeah, 
then it's going to draw a large crowd, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be in that crowd, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's stop speculating, and let's just talk about Roll20 for a few minutes. How about that? Sure. So we talked about it quickly. That it's free. So anybody who wants to can sign up, and you can run it for free. Uh, you get a, a few limitations. You only get 100 megabytes of storage, which um, just real quick, we'll get out of the way. The question of storage is 100 megabytes enough. We run, let's see, I've got three campaigns on there that we have open right now. Um, they're assets for all of them. I rarely have to delete anything. Most things, the maps can be up to about a megabyte usually. Um, but, you know, that's 100 maps. If you keep all the maps, I just delete them and yeah. we're done with them. And yeah. all the other things like tokens are few kilobytes. So yeah. while 100 megabytes might sound a little restrictive it's, it's honestly really not you, you have to be doing some really major things to be using that much space or just never delete anything i guess if you had a world where they could constantly go back to the same map that might yeah. be an issue um you know we have a couple in there that we constantly can go back to home bases and other things um but it's not like i have to have 50 maps you could return to so yeah we're generally moving you know you're moving forward onto the right. next thing so yeah you new map progressing um yeah. but even in that vein i i keep all my maps on my computer so if i need them again i can just re-upload them for the time being to roll 20 so there's ways sure. around that too storage uh, you know locally instead of always having them online um you do still get unlimited players and games so you can play as much as you want even for free um you can play on your tablet for free still that's new and it's it's a little wonky, but it's pretty good. And you have the basic fog of war. So if you wanted to cover your map um, and not let your players see where they're going, you have to, as a DM, go and open it up for them when they get to a spot. It doesn't automatically do it. Mm. So if you if you go up a step to the five ninety nine a month or sixty bucks a year, you get three gigs of storage. Okay, that's that's all right. Uh, they add in dynamic lighting, which is kind of cool. Um, and we've 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 really played it where that didn't matter most mm -hmm. of the time. Um, dynamic lighting works if you want to move your character one block by one block and see what happens in front of you and around walls. Um, a lot of times in our game, though, you say, I'm moving 30 feet. <laughs> and you click <laughs> your character and you drag them 30 <laughs> feet, right? You're not step-by-step step going. Right. right. So the dynamic lighting isn't a huge deal. But that's what it is. It shows you... Uh, it hides things. So if there's a wall in front of you, you can't see what's behind it and various things mm -hmm. like that. So it's neat, but not used in a lot of instances. And then you get the advanced fog of war when you're paying for it, which means as you move your character, it opens up on its own. So the DM doesn't have to do it. It will yeah. show the screen for you. Um, there's an external journal, um, which is fun to say because it's external journal. External uh, journal. <laughs> but it's useless, <laughs> to be honest. You still have to go to roll 20, you just take one step less. You don't have to open the game to look at the journal. You can just open it from the home screen. So, sure. yeah, it's really not worth it. Um, custom game backgrounds, again, that's just on your home screen. Uh, and there's no ads, which the ads are like 20 seconds when you load up. It kind of flashes I, I, on the I, screen. It doesn't even feel like an ad. It just feels like a load screen. It's like, it is. Know. Yeah, it's a load screen with 20 seconds of ads, and then you're done. That's and it. it's so. ad for them. <laughs> yes, it is. Like it's ads telling you, it's hey, look, like, this is what dynamic lighting looks like. Yeah, it's not like Geico is jumping up <laughs> on your screen. It's Roll20 just adding themselves. It's just, yeah. If they put the Geico lizard 
and armor and heading pop up, I wouldn't mind. I honestly, <laughs> I would love that. Gecko, Bob's Gecko, get in touch. Sword. We have ideas, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, then they have their top tier, which is ten ninety nine a month or one hundred and ten bucks. Uh, really doesn't do much for you. Six gigabytes, so you're doubling your storage. Uh, token sets. So uh, a lot of the stuff you have to get from their marketplace, you have to purchase, but they throw in some mm-hmm. free token sets. You can make custom sheets. So if you're playing a game that's not D and D, and they don't have, which nowadays they do have a lot of integration with other other forms of games, other tabletop games. But you can make your own sheets. There are effects tools, so you can make you know explosions and things happen. Uh, but the really big one for that one is their API access. Um, so a- their API is basically code. So you can go in the background and write code to make it do basically anything you want. You can automate the game. Um, you can you can make it do all kinds of things. Uh, the custom dice rolls, flickering lights, auto shop generators, all that kind of stuff if you know how to write the code. So that's kind of interesting and nice, um, but not useful for a lot of games, to be honest. Mm. And it would apply to a pretty niche group of, of people as well, because, you know, I don't yeah. know a lot of people that could just rewrite code. <laughs> well, it's, it's a simple language. It's not too bad. It's a little like JavaScript. Uh, it may actually be literal JavaScript. So it's not a hard language to pick up the basics of. And the wonderful thing is there's an API library. So you can literally mm-hmm. be like, I'm going to search. Somebody's done this before in the copy last seven it. years. Yeah. And you just copy gotcha. and paste it right in. So unless you're making something really, really specific to your game, it's probably been done before. Hmm. So you can you can pick from the library. So some, some neat kind of things. But honestly, I have never paid of the, the 4,000 hours I've, I've played. I've never been a paid member of Roll20 because the free version is, is good enough. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're playing in person, uh, my, like my brother, when he DMs, he has like a, like a little whiteboard with grid on it. And then these just little, like, they're not even people shaped. They're just things that they write their names on. Um, so it, it gets the job done because Mm -hmm. it's a neat tool, but it's not absolutely necessary uh, you know, to play the game successfully. And I mean, while I love the nearly 500 hours I've spent <laughs> in Roll20, it is very clunky. Mm. Yes. And it's not intuitive. To me, it's kind of the difference between like being a Microsoft phone user or like a Android user mm-hmm. or a iPhone user. Like, sure, you can jailbreak your Android. Like, pe- people who want to do that can do that. You can customize it and you can f- make it bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but people like me just want to, like, be able to imp- intuitively pick something up and understand how it works and not have to be learn. It feels like learning another language. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Apple is Apple. You've had the same basic interface for how many years now? So, if you know it, you know it. It's pretty simple. And it's just intuitive. I've watched my, you know, my mother just walk into a store and be like, wait, what is this? And pick up an iPhone and just like instinctively understand what does what. Um, whereas an Android phone is obviously much more customizable. You can yep. basically write the script for it. And yep. uh, you know what I mean? Like write the code for it and just like this. So it just feels a little bit like that. Just kind of like this is superior in a lot of ways, but it also feels clunky to somebody like me. I'm not super techie. Yeah. And that's fair. There are a lot of people getting into this, um, realm of the virtual tabletop that aren't 
techie people. You know, it's it's a lot of younger generation, but it doesn't mean that they understand the tech basically behind everything and how to use it. it and we don't use it to its full extent. We literally, as, as our home group, we use it for maps. That's it. We don't have our characters in there, which you can have character sheets in there. We don't use it in the modules. Um, most things that we use are things I've uploaded. I, I've bought some of the tokens off the marketplace, but most of it is my own artwork and things that I find and we put up there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we've gone with it that way. But there's so much more it can be used for. Mm -hmm. And at times I have tried to use them, but it does tend to slow down the game. It, it yeah. bogs things down. Um, and when we're talking about clunky and not always working, you can't help but bring up the voice and audio or the voice <laughs> and, and uh, video stuff. Yeah. It might work and it might not. We and just it, gave up. Yeah. We just gave we up just and we, do, went we don't Discord. even use, yeah, don't even use the, the video audio anymore because it just wasn't worth the, the hassle. Yeah. It, it, the more cameras you add in, and we usually stopped at five with DM and mm -hmm. four players. But I've seen the more cameras you add, the worse it gets. The lag and just the audio cutouts. Um, and they've tried, I think that I know of, at least three different versions of a voice and, and video chat. Um, and it gets better, um, but it's still just a problem. And, and that's why you'll find a lot of virtual tabletops don't even bother with it. You know, they're like, find yeah. your own <laughs> voice and video. Right, um, yeah. Because it's hard. It's hard to do that. And keep the bandwidth going. If you've got, you know, ten thousand people or more than that playing at one time, and they've all got maps, they're all moving, they've all got video, voice. It's it's a lot of bandwidth. It's a lot, but you know, like even with all its clunkiness, it's it's free. Yep. And there's so it really is. There's so much available. You just got to get a little creative sometimes. But they're free assets. There's just tons free music, mm -hmm. free free token. I mean, it's it. You know, it's. It's good. So I appreciate that they've always offered a lot to people for free. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen it change over the years from our games. You talk about audio. We used to be able to upload roundabout mm -hmm. ways, various ways, audio, so you could have background music playing and various things. And they have lost almost all that functionality. They used to mm -hmm. have three or four different companies that you could search through their audio and, and import sounds or, or music. And now it's down to, I think, one that they have and you can't upload anything of your own anymore and i get copyright issues and those various things but when you're playing a home game and you're yeah. not reporting anything you're not trying to make money off of it there right. is no copyright <laughs> right you're just doing yeah. it for the fun of it but they, that's just something that they have decided to cut out and i don't know i don't know the back end that may had something to do with interfering with their voice and audio too if you've got music playing i don't know if that strained them even more so maybe that was that decision um but like you said, for free, it's the best, I think, out on the market. One of the best out on the market. Um, they are constantly still trying to improve things, so it's always being worked on. Um, it, it doesn't always go in the right direction. I've seen them make some moves, and they have to roll it back, but they're yeah. always trying new things, and, and they, they've had their issues. They had a, a big security breach several years ago, and they've had some other things, but as a company, I feel like they've always tried to improve and get better, so can't fault them too much for that yeah exactly we'll put up with some of the some of the warts because it you know they are it's a good it's a good place to be and we spend a lot of time there so yeah absolutely uh and eventually we'll talk about fantasy grounds not going to get into it today because it's another big one but that again like i said that was the choice when you started you paid fantasy grounds because uh, there was no other way to play it at that time you had to pay them to play on their platform or you 
played Roll20 for free, and you just figure, mm. <laughs> figured out the nuances to make it work. So those those were the big two, I think, that butted heads when, when everything started. So, But now you just have so many other choices. And one of those other choices was Astral VTT. Which I, we hadn't used before, so I wasn't super familiar with it, but I did I did their tutorial um, and made an account and did their tutorial, and I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting platform. So it, it does the basics really good, mm-hmm. and then it throws in a few little extra things, I think, that you get for free that you don't in a lot of other ones. Yeah, I liked um, the the style of it. Um, it did feel a little bit cleaner and smoother. It was more intuitive. I just kind of understood what what things were and where it went. And even though I did the tutorial, it felt... Um, a little unnecessary because I was like, oh, I no, I, I feel like I, under, I understand this. So I thought it was a, a better aesthetic and just a smoother experience overall. But I would not used it live in game with people. Um, that's just me clicking through all the all the tutorial and the settings and everything. So what's it? Have you used it before in a game? Uh, so I've used it before in a. I wouldn't even call it a game. It was a test setting. I had a couple people jump in and we just goofed around to check it out and like you said it, i think it's more intuitive especially for people who are just jumping into the virtual tabletop world mm-hmm. i think that it's got a good ui layout and you can find where everything is and you understand what's happening in front of you um, I, again i like a lot of the features that it throws in because it, it has a lot of things like weather effects Mm. visual effects like god rays map triggers so when you walk into a room boom you can make your bad guys pop up um, so there are there are a lot of cool things that are built into it for free which mm-hmm. i think made it fantastic uh, the other options just kind of again it's one of those things where i don't know that you need a lot of them they're cool features to have um, but sadly this is one of those virtual tabletops that's kind of I don't know if it's going anywhere anymore, but the the guy that was running it has decided to step away. So there is no active development currently right now. Um, It's still got a huge user base. Mm -hmm. Sticky, again, people that like it don't leave. Um, But they have changed all of their uh, monthly discounts and everything. Uh, Used to could buy it for like a year at a time. They've knocked all that down to just monthly. There's no store that you can buy things from anymore because if they decide to close, it will be just... Like, here's a month, and we're done. I don't mm. think they'll give anybody, hey, six months, we're closing down. Yeah. It'll be a pretty quick thing if they do. Um, but it's been going this way for almost a year since he stepped down. So I I think right now it's still functional. You can still spend either six bucks or ten bucks. Um, those are the two tiers. Six bucks gets you um, like 16,000 tiles. So you've mm. got a lot of... Um, tokens and maps and other things you can add in there's sounds portraits um it goes from one gig of storage up to 20 gigabytes of storage you get all the effects so i think the the free one gives you like three or four different weather effects but the the paying for it unlocks all of them and they do have video chat Mm. but i didn't have any issues with it i didn't use it a lot i didn't have any issues with it but it's not very clear so I, i feel like it's it's downgraded a lot. Um, it was I don't feel like it was 720p when you were coming through. So oh, yeah. it, it wasn't great, but it, it was functional. 
Um, so if you if you like that, uh, and then paying ten dollars a month, the only thing it did is just give you a lot of storage. You got you got fifty gigabytes of storage. So you know, again, we go back to the talk about at the beginning. We talked about is storage worth it? And it depends on you run a game. I do a lot of um, fixing my maps. So a map might be five or six megabytes when I get it, and I will I'll shrink it a little. Mm-hmm. You know, it it still fits in there just fine. I, I couldn't imagine using. Like twenty two hundred pixel map, it's they're just huge. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I lower them down to where they're around a, a megabyte a piece, and most things. I mean, free one gives you a gig of storage for this one. That's, yeah, it's a lot of storage. It's a, I mean, six bucks gives you. I mean, just everything. You know, I don't yeah. see why. It seems very rare that someone would need the the fifty GB, but you know, I I will say that when I was in it and playing around, uh, came back to that same uh, issue of. Um, screen space. Yeah. Um, it covered, if I had multiple things, you know, open and I couldn't see, you know, the map. So I think for Astral VTT to be most effective or most enjoyed, you would need either multiple screens or a very large monitor um, to really enjoy it. Otherwise, you might as well, you know, stick to, to bouncing around from, from one thing to another with another VTT. But because I couldn't see everything all at once or i would have to shoot it out into separate windows yeah and i think that's uh an issue that a lot of vtt's wind up having you've got a clean screen if you minimize all your your other functions but the minute you click this box to open up this panel and this box to open up this panel and then you've got this little bit of space in between Mm -hmm. and i think for the clean ui that astro has with everything closed you're right it gets very claustrophobic when you open both sides yeah. at the same time. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah um, it, and another thing that was interesting was their chat. If you launched an action from your character sheet, it would put that action in the chat. You could click your action and it would roll and put it in the chat to, you know, let you know right then and there. Let everyone see. But I liked that. Like if you cast a spell, it would put it in the chat, and then everyone could read the details of your spell. And I really mm-hmm. like that because, you know, a, a lot of our – a lot of times somebody in our group will do something, and I'm not familiar with it. So then I go separately, and I'm, like, looking it up and trying to – so I, I thought that was a cool way to keep everybody educated, keep everybody involved. Um, I like that. Yeah, there are a ton, a ton of spells in TNT. A lot. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard for anyone to know all of them. So to be able to link things like that is is very nice. Um, they actually have some built-in, we talk about those APIs for Roll20. They have some, they don't necessarily call them APIs, but there's a library of things you can add in, and you can actually link to your uh, D&D Beyond character sheet in there. Ah. It's just a link, though. It just brings okay. you up, and you can look at it. Yeah. So you can't edit it. So if you want to change the health, if you get hit or something like that, you can't do it. But it's still, you know, you just click a button and it brings up your sheet and then you can hit the button and closes it again. So it makes it, you talk about screen space, it made it kind of nice and, and clean. Um, but for those that are using that Roll20 sheet to actually keep up with your health and everything, it, it doesn't really help much. But yeah, it was the first to actually even do that. You know, mm. virtual tabletops just don't integrate with D&D beyond that much. There is one, and we'll talk about later down the series, um, that really integrates well with it. But they just for many, many years until like this year, they really didn't integrate with D&D Beyond at all. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was impressed with it though. I, I would consider using it in, uh, for future, you know, campaigns and one shots just cause I was like, hmm, I like, 
this. I, I live in this space for a little bit. It's nice. Yeah, it's it's user base is, is top five for sure still, even though it's been without any kind of uh, new production going on, any updates for the, almost a year. It's still one of the top five, I think, as far as user base. And I keep saying it, but it just goes to show if you've got something good, people will continue to use it. You know, mm-hmm. you get comfortable with something and you get a game going like ours has been going nearly four years. You just don't want to move it to something different, right? Yep. So, we got so. our bookmarks. You know what I mean? You open <laughs> yeah. up to play D&D, you hit your bookmarks, everything's there. It's done. <laughs> yes. I think your bookmarks are probably smaller than mine. I have trouble fitting them <laughs> on a screen. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a tab hoarder. I, you uh, know what I mean? I open up yes. my browser. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's fun because I had the same thing click a button and all my tabs come up and it, it does. It's like they start out this big and then like shrink, 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 shrink. So they're like, oh, this big now. And then I go back and I look and I'm like, what can I close? And I'm like, oh, no, I need that. And then I go back <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to forget that. And so I'm a, yeah, I'm a tab hoarder for sure. Yeah, and I had to do a lot of reorganizing um, when we started playing consistently because I couldn't keep all those tabs open because over here I, I record our games um, video-wise for – posterity's sake and in case i forget something you know i can go back and look <laughs> at it and we've toyed with the idea of of putting them on like twitch or something too but i've got them all recorded so i have all my tabs open i have our vtt open i have our discord open i have our Streamlabs open so i'm recording it so there's a lot of stuff going on on my computer and sometimes those tabs start to just chug <laughs> so <laughs> I had to do a lot of reorganizing when I started recording and doing everything. So I've got, you know, links I, links I can click on to open them up quickly if I need them. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, being organized is, is important in D&D. We'll have to talk about that someday, about just organization tips and tricks of how to keep things straight and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So. It's, it can be a task. You know, beforehand you sat behind a, a screen and you had this DM yes. screen in front of you that had all your little – notes and things you might need to know like travel speed and all this other stuff right in front of you and then you had your books and stuff and it was right there it was all easy access yep. um it's still easy access but you have to you have you to get know where system. to access it yeah and i think over on our website at cryptoknowledge.com there's a tool section and there's quite a few organizational tools in there along with quite a few virtual tabletops in there that we have have listed so uh, be sure to go over there and check it out at cryptoknowledge.com Man, it sounds like CryptoKnowledge.com is a very useful place for DN and D&D players to, to hang out. It really is. I don't know who ever made that site, but they were really good. Mm. I admire uh, them greatly. Yeah. Uh, but do check it out. There are some blog posts over there as well that Ash and I have both wrote on various things. Um, some smaller versions of, of big things we'll talk about in some podcasts later on. Others just kind of reviewing things and previewing things. So. If you, if you want to take a look, we'd love you to come over to CryptoKnowledge.com. I'm going to put a counter up. How many times I can say it in one episode? <laughs> <laughs> Just put it in the corner there. CryptoKnowledge.com. Counter. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's basically the, the Roll20 and Astral VTT. If I, had to, if I had to only use one the rest of my life, I would use Roll20 because of its uh, free and its ability to to handle everything that we've needed it's mm-hmm. just functional it handles the map easy um, while it may take a few extra minutes uh, you know we had a tutorial course when we all started playing together and i walked you guys <laughs> through it it might take a couple of minutes to figure it out 
but I think once you've got it, you've got it. So. Yeah, I definitely think it's um, it's a workhorse and it's reliable, and that's you know those are good things. Yeah, when I mean, it's it's been around you know seven eight years now, and it, you know like I said, it's it's all reliable. I don't I don't know yep. what else. <laughs> <laughs> you want out of a VTT. It's always going to be there when you get ready to play. Um, just don't use this voice and audio. We'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't don't get too pumped. I mean, it, when it works good, it was so nice. Honestly, yeah. it did fine. Or it did okay. It did mostly fine and okay. <laughs> Until COVID. Uh, and then their server crashed. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in, everyone in jumped on. players. Yeah. 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 But before that, I remember, like, we, we used it pretty consistently and it was fine. And yeah, and there know. are certain days where it was much worse. You could tell peak hours and peak days. Um, yeah, and we've moved our home game around. <laughs> I don't know how many times to various days. We've we've played almost every day of the week, um, whenever we can work around kids and work. Um, but <laughs> you you could definitely tell when the peak hours were because it it would yeah. be much worse. Yeah, much for worse. sure. But it is good. We do recommend it, so it's good. Yes, one hundred percent recommend it. Um, like I say, there are many out there though. So we will re- keep reviewing a bunch of them as we go. Um, y- you know, you you may find something out there. There's some th- 3D tabletops even that, you know, it's almost like a video game. And mm-hmm. that may be your style. You may want to do something like that. Um, but, you know, if you don't just take our word for it, try it and then try others. That would be my advice to anybody who's starting to play on a virtual tabletop. Um, nowadays, playing online is the easiest way to do it. You don't have to worry about getting together and, and who's working now or who's doing this or how long you have to drive to get to your friend's house. So, you know, I think this will continue to evolve. And I still think, we've said it several times now, that the end game is when Wizards comes out with theirs. It'll be kind of end all, I think, as long as it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, they've dropped bits and pieces and hints here and there, but they've never really come out and shown anything about it yet. So I don't know how far along it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think truly D&D Beyond's VTT will just be just ease of use. I think it'll just be really hard to beat, honestly, when they come out with it. But who knows? It may be four years before they get one made, because like I say, they haven't really shown anything, but we'll uh, we'll just anticipate it and see what happens, I guess. Maybe that'll be their uh, big release, too, for the 50th anniversary. Oh, so maybe 2024 yeah. might be a realistic timeline. 2024. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good point. All right. So that's not that far off, but it's, no. it's far enough. That gives them some time. Yeah, and if they've been working on it for the last couple of years like they've, they've hinted at, then... Yeah, I'd let's see what that Hasbro money can do. <laughs> right. Let's see Spam what the Monopoly man can bring us. Come on, bud. <laughs> Take Park Place. Well, I think that about covers everything for the two virtual tabletops we talked about today. We kind of discussed what they are, told people a few good options, and uh, and some reasons not to use them even. Yeah, which one have, do you have a realistic view of what you're you know going into, uh, the the good, the bad, and the ugly? And um, but it's there's definitely some great things out there that make online play so much more fun and um, really interactive. But next time, we will be talking about uh, what should you expect as a new player. And, Ash, I think you have a, a really good perspective on that since you started not too long ago, right? Yeah, I'm excited. This is a topic that I think is important, uh, especially when entering a new hobby. I think that you should have a clear expectation of what is good, what is not okay, 
what are some green flags, what are some red flags. So I'm excited to to jump into that, keep people safe and happy and coming back for more. Wonderful. We'll see everybody next time on Crypt of Knowledge. Bye, guys.